Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Luke 14. We live in the age of the influencer, in the world of social media. And while those platforms may present some legitimate opportunities for the sharing of ideas or even of of business, um, we have to be honest that a lot of what goes on in our world today is just shameless self-promotion. That is the way of the world. How can I get ahead? And usually, okay, when I'm interacting with others, what benefit am I getting out of it? And what we want to see is that way of thinking, which so dominates the world in which we live, is antithetical to the way of Christ. And we're going to see that today in Luke 14. Now, it begins with another episode of Jesus healing on the Sabbath and again, exposing the hypocrisy of the religious leaders to an extent to which they could not reply to what he said, you know, and he rightly basically says, um, okay, if you have a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath, won't you pull him out immediately? Of which the obvious answer is yes. So therefore, logically, why can't you heal somebody on the Sabbath? It makes no sense and they can make no reply. But the rest of the chapter will help us see just the opposite approach that people should take, Christians should take as opposed to the self-promotion of the world. And it starts um, with a parable where Jesus, and again, notice here he is talking to the religious leaders. So again, like in chapter 13, uh, the third section here we'll get to, we'll have some strong overtones aimed at the Jewish leaders. But we'll see a lot of this really does apply throughout every culture and every time. Uh, but he tells this parable because he's. Uh, it says he's dining at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, and he's noticing how they are all looking for the places of honor. So this is encouraging, maybe. Um, self-promotion did not come with social media. Self-promotion is old, and we see it right here in the culture in which Jesus lived. And what does he say about it? When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will say, will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts him himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So there, pretty clear teaching from Jesus taking aim at the Pharisees in this conversation, but that takes aim at a lot of us. And that's where we should all be careful not to exalt ourselves, not to praise ourselves, um, but to humble ourselves. Uh, and, And then we see this parable of the great banquet. Uh, 
He says, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So there we we get to some bigger theological statements about coming rewards that when you do things in this life uh, that no one can repay you for, God says, I will repay you at the resurrection of the just. Do you believe that or not? Uh, Are you going to promote yourself or will you lower yourself? Will you be generous to those who can't be generous back to you and look to a heavenly reward? Now, again, we come to a statement that really speaks some to his Jewish audience where someone says, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is trying to counter, I think, the assumption that many would have that that's going to be all of us because we are Jewish people. And he gets into this story and talks about how people were invited to a great banquet, but they all made excuses. Uh, And At the end of all of these excuses, the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. So there you see these self promoters who think because of my position, because of my heritage, I'm in the kingdom. Jesus is saying, not so fast. Don't assume that you are in the kingdom. And then now it seems that the setting has shifted. They're not reclining at the table anymore because there are great crowds accompanying him. And he says to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going on out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he will send a delegation and ask for terms of peace. In other words, basically surrender. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Then he talks about salt. And I think there's a connection there, right? If, If we are holding on to things, if we are just like the world, well, then we will not be effective. But if we truly follow Jesus in this way, we will be different in this world. And you see, instead of being a self promoter, he is calling us to be a self denier. That is what Jesus is calling for. 
So I want to think through, now that we've worked through the chapter, I want to think through this kind of on two different levels. Uh, One kind of on the level of salvation and what it means to be a Christian. And then second, uh, kind of on a very practical level of living life as a Christian. Uh, Let's start with just the, the big level of what does it mean to be a Christian? Because I think we do see in this passage something that flies in the face of a lot of the preaching um, in our culture, uh, a lot of which has been often described as easy believism. That, hey, if you just believe these facts, and if you just pray this prayer after me, you're saved, you're good. Well, juxtapose that to Jesus saying, so therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Um, And earlier he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, that's interesting Uh, phrase from Jesus. And clearly the idea is one of, you have to choose me, Jesus, over all of these people. Uh, No, husbands are told to love their wives. Um, Those relationships should be characterized by love. So it's not hate in the sense of, man, I really hate these people, but no, I am choosing Jesus over these people. Can you say that? Can you say, I'm renouncing everything else to follow Jesus? I, I I renounce all of it. Jesus is Lord of my life. There's nothing I'm holding on to. Jesus is Lord of it all. Jesus, he has control over my family. He has control over my money. He has control over my heart. It all belongs to Jesus now. I have renounced it. Can you say that? Because that's what I would say. That, that biblically is what it looks like to be a Christian. And is there evidence of that in your life? Now, that's where, be careful, uh, has any of us been perfect in our uh, life as a Christian where there is nothing that we have ever sought to, you know, grab onto again? No, we, we sin and we confess our sin and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But this is what it means to be a Christian. Do you see that in your own life? This is important. We need to know what it means to be a Christian. And here Jesus is speaking pretty clearly about it. And you've got to love Jesus more than anything else, uh, more than your family, right? And that's where even family often could be a source of compromise, where when one family member goes astray into some false teaching, the rest of the family says, "Ah, well, I love him and we want to be on the same page. That's loving family more than Jesus. And while family is good, um, there's ways it can be idolized. uh, And and we need to watch out for that, like Jesus says. And basically any good thing in life can be idolized. And that's where we have to say, God, I renounce it all. I give it all over to you. I surrender. You're in charge. You're the king. And I want to follow you. Now, the second level, thinking through this just more practically, I'd encourage you to go back to those parables and just think through that in your own context. Again, your home, your work, and then especially church. Do you go to church and, man, I I want the position of praise. I want everyone to look at me. Or is it, no, I want to humble myself. And when you reach out to other people in church, is it, well, I'm reaching out to the people that, hey, I think they'll provide something in return to me? Or is it, hey, I'm going to reach out to people that they can't 
repay me. And I'm going to do that because I trust that Jesus sees that and Jesus will reward that. And that's where we have to think long-term because if you are just looking for someone to uh, do something for you in response, um, you're going to not reach out to to people that won't reach out to you. you. You will not reach out to people that cannot repay you. It takes a faith and an eternal perspective to do that. So I would encourage you to examine your own relationships and say, man, am I following the teaching of Jesus in this as a Christian, as someone who has renounced everything else to follow King Jesus? Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.